0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the JewishBoston.com podcast, as I try to do my best Jen impression, as it's just me in this intro. In this episode, Jen and I talk with Liana Mittman, who is the Director of Program Management for Shalom Learning, as well as Rabbi Daniel Eskow, who's the rabbi in residence of Shalom Learning, as well as the CEO of Online Jewish Learning. We talk about the work their organizations are doing with congregations around the world and about the future of Jewish education. It's really fascinating. I hope you enjoy it. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, however, you get your podcasts. There's always a way to let people know that you like it. So, with that, to the theme song.
1: We are here with Rabbi Danny Eskow of Online Jewish Learning and Liana Mittman of Shalom Learning. We're really excited to have both of you lovely ladies with us here today on our podcast. So, we want to start out. Do you want to tell us a little bit about both of yourselves and kind of your roles at your two different organizations
2: and kind of your partnership? Sure. Go for it, Liana. Um, So, I'm Liana Mittman, and I'm the program director at Shalom Learning. And we do a lot of different things at Shalom Learning. We are a nonprofit. We've been around about five years. We started in Bethesda, Maryland. And now we are based in Boston, which is really exciting. And so we essentially do two different things. Um, we are working with synagogues and different Jewish learning programs all throughout the world at this point. And we're partnering partnering with them to give them a really exciting curriculum, uh, Judaics curriculum and Hebrew curriculum and uh, we, we give them, um, we, it's sort of a, a- education with a technology uh, basis so we are providing them a way to kind of make their curriculum um, more innovative more technology based and really try the whole idea is really to relate it to the students lives and to really get them to understand uh, Judaism as it it would play out in their everyday lives and so uh, we so every uh, partnership that we have uses our program in many different ways uh, whether it's the Judaics program or the Hebrew program and then the other thing that we do is we work with families directly who are really living all over the world. Uh, many of those families are military families, and usually they, they don't really have another, another connection to Jewish education, and they still want their students to, to learn something Jewish. And so uh, we have online virtual classes that meet every week at the same time. They have the same teacher, and it's a group of students. So we have students in Bahrain, and Korea, and Thailand, and Italy, and all over the world and even some in the states Um, and they they're taking our classes every week and they have hebrew school online and so that's that's, so cool (laughs) yeah so that's about 20 percent of the students that we work with and the rest which is our our bigger uh, population is our students that are working with us through our synagogue partnerships amazing. And then
1: Rabbi Danny.
3: Yes, yeah, so a lot of this is going to sound similar but also different, which is why I think our organizations really complement each other. Um, so I started Online Jewish Learning with my sister. We co-founded it about 6 years ago. It used to be called My Bar Mitzvah Tutors. We're very happy with the name change at this point amazing. to Online Jewish Learning. It speaks to more of what we do. And so we started, we had about 30 students unaffiliated from all over, really begging cousins to throw us a kid here and there to teach them for Bar Mitzvah. And this past year we had 3 over 300 students and over 13 synagogues um, that are using our program. And so the majority of our students are doing one-on-one sessions, so it's like a tutoring program. And we also have some that do small groups. And so we have students from the age of six all the way up to this past year, we had a 92-year-old woman having a bat mitzvah.
1: That's a very so Very sweet woman in
3: Florida. And she said, honey, I'm not going to be around much longer, so we better get this going. And she knew how to use Skype, so it was great. Uh, So our organization really focuses on reaching out to families who don't have access to Jewish education. That's how it started. So we have families in Okinawa, Japan, families in Qatar, believe it or not. Um, And then we also have expanded to synagogues where we really support the learning that they're doing in the classroom and bridge the gap between what happens at the synagogue or in the community and what happens at home.
0: So, so it sounds like that both your organizations are trying to, one, sort of fill a need that doesn't exist in the places where these people live, but also trying to shape Jewish education for the future. So I guess one question would be, how do you balance those two things? Because one is teaching people because this is the only means possible, and then the other one is, how do we reshape what we all, we all remember as Hebrew school, as a physical location at the Templar synagogue in the area in, in which you grew up?
3: Well, I think it's a really delicate balance because for a long time, at least with, with online Jewish learning, synagogues were kind of threatened by the concept of an online Hebrew school and because, you know, the future is going online in the secular world. And so I think there's ways to provide it where it's not a replacement in in terms of community, where it's, you know, kind of like an asset or something that supports what they're doing. And also saying we have this separate program that has, you know, for we have a separate program for families who do not have the luxury of or do not Choose to be part of a synagogue, but they're separate parts of what we do, as opposed to going into a synagogue and saying, "Let's bring everyone online." What we believe, and I think Shalom Learning believes, also is that what you can do in the classroom is very important to do in the classroom, but not everything has to happen there. A lot can happen online, so that you can focus on something different in the actual building.
2: And I would say we we definitely at Shalom Learning have sort of a we we are we have an. entrepreneurial mindset and we kind of think ourselves of ourselves as a startup and so we want to do something that's really really improving Jewish education but sort of also disrupting mm-hmm. and being like this disruptive force where we can we can really um, we can really do something different it's a it's a, a long-standing kind of institutional practice of how synagogues have been run for many years and we're excited just to kind of work with people and have uh, synagogues be th- thought partners with us and to think thinking, okay, how can we make this better for students without, you know, erasing what they're used to, but kind of adding in some more flair to it. So you
1: partner with various synagogues a lot here in the Boston area, and you Mm -hmm. just kind of amp up their programming and like give them curriculum that's
2: yeah, so we, I can a give a couple examples, yeah. and then you can add. Um, so we, at this point, we're partnered with five synagogues in Boston, and, and they're all different. Um, some are, are very large. We have some smaller ones um, throughout throughout the area, and in the next few months, I'll be talking to more, hopefully, to get some more partners in this area. And uh, some are using us, for example, for their Judaics program, and which is third through seventh grade, and they're they're using us as as you know their basis for what they're doing in in their Jewish studies, um, which is a value based curriculum so all kind of the idea of how do I use this how can I create this moral Jewish compass to help me navigate the world using Jewish values that I'm learning in Hebrew school but I know how to apply to my everyday life and then we have some synagogues who are using us mostly for for additional Hebrew practice so let's say they're using a program in this in the classroom physically in the synagogue and then they use our online um, component our learning management system our LMS and mm-hmm. um, that they'll log they'll have the students log in at home And they'll do additional reinforcement because learning, trying to learn how to, most of them are learning how to read is really hard when you do it for 30 minutes or 45 minutes a week. So they're using us to do this extra reinforcement. Um, And also we're really developing some online games and making it exciting and quizzes and having kind of trying to meet the kids where they are, which is excited to be on the screen and do stuff that's, that looks fun.
0: If we if we could make like a Jewish Oregon Trail, that'd be amazing. So like I really connect <laughs> we could work on, on
2: that. Tri- tri- yeah. yeah. That would be <laughs> awesome. a
0: Hebrew math blaster. Right. I don't know if anyone remembers math blaster. We're
3: dating <laughs> ourselves now. This is yeah, kind oh, of embarrassing. yeah,
0: yeah. I was on my I was on my school's Oregon Trail team. Anyway, not to brag.
3: <laughs> You're really cool, Jesse. I know.
0: I totally am. I think we can name one specific example. You guys work with Temple Israel here in Boston, correct? Both
3: of us do. Both organizations. Yeah.
0: So I'm I'm very curious, and I think our. Five listeners would be very curious to know There's how more than
3: five listeners. More than five. <laughs> we're um, going to send it to everyone we know.
0: <laughs> I like to downplay it. That, that way, when I see the numbers, I feel better.
3: When we get six. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, like, how does that work? Like, Temple's house a very robust uh, Hebrew school. I, I used to be, like, a one-on-one aide there when I first moved here. As you were saying, do they just use certain parts to sort of bolster up things they don't have or to allow more interactions throughout the week?
3: Right so what we're doing both Shalom Learning Online Jewish Learning is they're using our curriculum to enhance what they're doing in the classroom for Hebrew okay. Um, so what they're doing, basically, is they have a group of students that are going to be using it. And then in order to ensure that the students are actually logging in and using the content from home, they've asked us at Online Jewish Learning to provide tutors to check in with the students once a month using the Shalom Learning System to make sure that they're actually doing their work. And they have a coordinator there who we're going to be talking to uh, who will also you know, help ensure that the students are progressing. So it's a really nice hybrid of... I guess it's more than a hybrid of they're in person, they're doing the work in the community and then they also get to log into the system and do independent work, you know, asynchronous work, and then they also have the option of having the tutoring. So they're kind of trying to give them a well-rounded learning experience and kind of meet different students where they are. Right,
1: cuz students are all on different playing fields when mm-hmm. it comes to especially coming to Hebrew language. Yes.
0: How much outside research are, are both, the, both your organizations looking to, to figure out what to do next? Because there's, there's presenting you know, uh, Hebrew learning and Judaics in just an online format, and there's also new ways of engaging with students. So I'm wondering, like, how do you, I imagine the curriculum has to change probably every year. So like, how does that process work?
2: Um, so for us at Shalom Learning, um, one is our CEO, Josh Trotterman, he's definitely out in the field always talking to thought leaders and people it, it just, you know, in our field to figure out, you know, when this new study comes out, how do we play into that and how does that affect what we're doing? Uh, we do it. We make a lot of partnerships. So, uh, for example, um, Gratz College in Philadelphia um, offers a supplementary uh, professional development courses for teachers and so I'll invite them in to do a webinar with our teachers to hear okay like what are you doing in the field they're doing something new on brain based learning in a couple weeks and doing a webinar with us uh, and and we're just we're we're always uh, revising our curriculum we have a lot of pop culture references for example mm. and you know Hannah Montana might not be as popular anymore <laughs> so we we're we're constantly we, we always go look for feedback from our partners so every every week i send out a survey and i say how did your lesson go what would you improve what went well and we use that feedback to constantly update our curriculum and i think that that's something that our partners really appreciate because we really are taking their feedback into consideration and we're we're trying we want to stay current and updated because the whole idea as i mentioned a couple of times is that we're we're connecting to the students in what what they relate to so we have to make it relevant constantly.
1: Yeah, So the two of you work kind of in tandem with each other, and your programs are definitely complementary of one another. Where did that start? Like, where did the two of you kind of all of a sudden realize you were doing similar things, you have very similar missions of, like, creating a better environment for students to learn both online and in the classroom? And it seems like a beautiful little partnership. So <laughs> we do you think want to tell so. us a little bit about
3: it? Sure. Leanna and I kind of were in the same circles, especially around CJP stuff. Um, we both we were in the first class of people who won Chai in the Hub. And so we got to know each other through that. That was before Liana was at Shalom Learning. Um, And then Liana called me up when there was a job opening at Shalom Learning and said, tell me about this organization. And then I called Josh and said, you have to hire this girl. She's so great. (laughs) So we kind of got connected socially and then through work. And one of the ways that uh, that our organizations are connected is I'm also the rabbi in residence at Shalom Learning. So we work really closely in terms of the Judaics curriculum and the Hebrew curriculum, and Shalom Learning uses OJL's Hebrew curriculum is one of the many options they offer to the synagogues. So, and we're good friends and yeah. do things outside of work. <laughs> so, it's been really such a pleasure to get to work with someone who's both a friend and also very
2: talented. Thank you. Well, you I'll go. just say, yeah. I mean, it's it's great um, to have you know someone to work with. That we're always. I think the two of us are always thinking of what is the new next thing that we can work on and what is happening out there and how can we kind of collaborate. And it's it's great. That's awesome. Do you find like the more you work together
1: and kind of are constantly bringing and sharing ideas with each other and moving things forward for both programs? I think so.
3: I think that, you know, it's really funny because when I first heard about Shalom Learning, it was a different iteration of what it is now. I was like, oh, my goodness, it's the competition. And we were very – I was very hesitant to get in touch with them. It was different leadership. And then when we finally got together, it was like, wow, we both do – kind of similar things, but still very different things. And we can complement each other and support each other. So it's been really, you know, it's been really great. And I think Liana and I, I would say, I think, are, if I can compliment us, uh, <laughs> a, a rare breed that we like to get things done pretty fast. And I think often that takes a while in the Jewish world. And so Liana and I will think of an idea and be like, okay, let's set up the meeting. Let's do this now. And right. we actually, you know, get, sorry, get supported by Josh Trotterman, the executive director to, yeah, to do that.
2: Yeah. And I think it's also comforting for me that let's say I'm talking to a family and you know maybe the small group uh, option isn't the best for that student and then i always can say well we have tutoring that i can connect you to through our rabbi and residence so we feel like we're really well-rounded because we have our partnership and what's all what's also great is that at online jewish learning we white label or private label
3: our program so shalom learning presents it as their tutoring program so that synagogues feel comfortable because they have that shalom learning connection already and they feel really you know we do that with synagogues also
0: No, I mean, it's amazing that you've found this many synagogues willing to work with you because, you know, synagogues do feel, I feel like, under under attack a lot because they're constantly trying to keep uh, the group of people they already have while also trying to attract new people. And so, you know, I I can see how some of them would would view this as, you know, not necessarily a threat, but that's something they they might not necessarily want. But on the other hand, it really does. I think it makes their their schools better because Mm -hmm. it gives kids more options and trying to get kids today to go to a physical location and sit for you know an hour an hour and a half I imagine cannot be easy it wasn't easy when I was a kid because I right. can barely and, sit still now
2: right so. and we have well, I think the way we always start the conversations and Danny and I'd like mm-hmm. when we get to go together um is we we're really asking what is your need because usually one of their needs or more than one of their needs we can we can help with um so that's how we always start we're not we we're not very salesy we're just like tell us how we can help and we'll figure out the way to to do that. Um, and I forgot what I was going to say. I think, it's, I think it's all in the approach, right? You really, you don't want to say we have something better
3: than you because we don't. We have something that we think can enhance your program and help further what you're trying to do. Right. And I think that synagogues are especially now starting to realize that they can't run away from technology, that if they embrace technology in a way that's going to grow their community and you know it's a nice marketing tool as well to get new families I think that they're really excited about it
2: some of the partnerships that we work with they're using us you know maybe they they don't They don't have a lot of technology in the building. That might be a question that comes up. And they can use our lesson plans and print them out. And ideally, they have a projector so they can show a video or something like that. Um, And then we have some synagogues who want to do a virtual option where they have the students come once a week, and then the second day, they're online with the same teacher and the same students. And many synagogues are doing that, especially synagogues with transportation issues. Or I just spoke to someone in Florida who said it takes... Parents tell her it takes up to two hours with traffic to get to the synagogue because of where they're based. And so this is something that completely can help that type of community, or just a community where the kids are away on the weekends a lot, and their kids aren't coming on Sundays. And so they, they know they can still log in as long as they have internet. Um, so there's just many ways that synagogues with different resources can use us.
3: Boston ski families have been very happy with this oh, situation. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> so they can go up yeah. to the
1: mountains for the weekend. So these Boston ski families loving their programming. I'm also thinking of like my experience in Hebrew school and like just from personal experience and what I saw when I was home recently for holidays in my tiny little synagogue at where my parents belong is, this is like the kind of program they need being I mean, where they're only synagogue for about 40 miles mm-hmm. around where I grew up. And this is what those students need is something that they can engage because it's hard to get there and 40 miles is not a short distance right. luckily there isn't the traffic issues in Wisconsin that there are in Boston but I'm right. sure that's even an issue here in Boston and, is getting somewhere after school
2: right and we have some um, communities for example in uh, in Ver- West Virginia I believe um, or I might be wrong uh, but in the Virginia area where we are having a group so a federation for example is speaking to us and then they're having a group of synagogues uh, work with us and so let's say it is the one in Wisconsin but then there is one a couple hours away but they're using similar curriculum and they can use it as sort of collaborative ways to to connect the synagogues more that are let's say in that radius that's so that's another interesting thing i love how it's able to adjust to both like the small synagogue
1: needs with the distance issues or Mm -hmm. the large congregations where kids are very programmed they don't have a lot of time and still making judaism a very important part of their upbringing and how you can kind of still squeeze yourselves in there to make sure that students are getting this Jewish education that is so valuable right
3: Right. well I think it's really hard because for so many years Judaism was synagogue Judaism right Right. it's been like this forever and I think part of the hesitation on the part of communities is that that we don't want to let go of that. I'm you know, I'm a synagogue going Jew. I, I believe in community and you know, it works for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. And so what's nice about these models of Jewish learning is that they really adapt to the new type of Jewish family and whether we like it or not, this is the reality on the ground and it's better to engage people and meet them where they are than it is to lose them. So it's you know, it's a really hard balance that we have to maintain, but at least you know, we know that we're doing everything we can to keep people Jewishly connected.
0: Great. I mean, yeah, what, what just came out of the, you know, uh, CJP community study is that for, you know, like 30 years, the the move was out to the suburbs and all of the new, you know, community buildings were built out there. And now people are moving back in and there's nowhere for people to meet. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's funny how the community s- switches, you know, all right. of a sudden. Going back to these lesson plans and these, um, you had a better word for it curriculum just, curriculum was it just
3: curriculum <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> maybe
0: we we'll that part out <laughs> who who develops these curriculums like these curriculum sets because i imagine there's ones for different grades and for different kinds of communities and I'm just curious about the process
2: so for shalom learning um our curriculum was originally created by by the staff members in the organization at shalom learning at the time in in conjunction with experts in the field who consulted and looked and and made sure that it was good to go and over the years uh we've really like i said we do we revise them every couple of years so we have now in since i've been here since last year what i've tried to do is actually use teachers who are teaching it on a weekly basis and have them be the editors um, because they really know how it's going so um, this coming year right now we're having um you know uh, for example we have one teacher who was a former education director at a synagogue completely understands the synagogue environment um, but she also teaches it online and so i'm asking her to kind of figure out the best way to gear the curriculum, knowing those audiences. Um, in the future, there could be a separate curriculum for virtual versus the physical classroom, but there are ways to adapt and take things out based on the environment. And, you know, I was just talking to a synagogue the other day about maybe having one of their teachers who's teaching it every week there be an editor for us. So that's kind of how we all go about it. And then Danny helps and I oversee um, all of the edits. And at
3: Online Jewish Learning, so six years ago we created, my sister and I actually, when we founded it, created a new type of Hebrew program. We actually use English to teach Hebrew, which is totally, talk about disruptive. People, yeah. Some people don't like it, but you know, what we did was we tried different programs with the students. When we first started out, we licensed different Hebrew programs. And what we started to see is that when we would say like bet is for basketball, kids start to really get it. And so we created our own curriculum, um, which we copyrighted, which was really exciting, strenuous process. But And, and I create the Judaics curriculum and I also so like Liana, we hire teachers to also do that. So it's it's constant, right? You can't just create a curriculum and say we're done. <laughs> Great, like you always have to keep going back to it, which is, I guess, perfect. So it's kind of like Torah study. So mm-hmm.
1: it's very true.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Actually, talking about Torah study, um, as you do Bar and Bar Mitzvah training, how does how does the Torah portion part work? Because like that was the most mm-hmm. intensive part of my Bar Mitzvah training. Was after after learning all the prayers, which I did in Hebrew school, then it was just like six months of just learning my Torah portion.
1: And weekly meetings with yeah, the rabbi like, that was kind using of Using different highlighter right. colors
0: <laughs> to you know uh, figure out the different chanting thing and then using the actual Torah uh, scroll itself. So I'm, I'm just curious how that works in sort of an online form.
3: It's a good question. So the Torah itself is not online. That we There's certain things yeah. you have to keep in person. <laughs> the ceremony does not happen online. It happens in person. So the way that it works when we meet with a family is we meet with the family online or on the phone and kind of assess where they are and we give a free lesson for every potential student. So we don't waste time assessing them. And then after that, what happens is we, if they're in a synagogue, we'll speak with the clergy, with the ed director, whoever it is, to make sure we're doing what they want us to do. And if it's an individual family that's not affiliated, what we do is the family will work with me as their rabbi and we'll determine what the student is going to do. And then I will connect them with a colleague of mine wherever they are. Or I will fly out and do the bar bat mitzvah. And we really customize the service around the family. And it's really beautiful. And we've actually seen it's, you know, it's funny, a lot of synagogue families stay connected after the bar and bat mitzvah, not as many as we'd like, but a lot of these unaffiliated families stay very committed to Judaism after they learn with us just because it was such a nice customized experience for them and we met them where they are right now. So one such example is that a family left our program and I was upset. Why are you leaving our program? And they said, well, my daughter decided to go to Jewish high school. Like Jewish day school, high school. You're
1: like, oh, six. And I was like,
3: wow, okay, totally leave my program. That's fantastic. Like she wanted to learn more about being Jewish. And we also see that a lot with our interfaith families. But going back to your question, so what happens is they start with us and we do all of that. And then, you know, no two students are the same. So one kid's bar mitzvah could look like, you know, they're gonna just learn three verses and we're gonna teach them the trope, and then they're gonna have, you know, a recording, et cetera. And some kid might lead the entire service. So it really depends, uh, but like I said, each individual student gets 100% attention from me, from the teacher, and it's a really nice experience for the family.
1: That's I'd, amazing. Yeah.
0: I just remember learning my-
3: I th- have scars, nightmares yeah. from my That's friend. what the parents say to me. They're like, where were you 25 years ago? Right.
0: <laughs> I, I'm-, I'm, I'm, I'm hi. In, <laughs> hi. I'm the incredibly rare, rare person who loved my Hebrew school process and like my bar mitzvah training like the cantor who bar mitzvahed me also did my wedding because he's same with me he's a he's a he's a cantor in springfield massachusetts so he was close which is nice yeah but i didn't realize people hated it so much like my dad did because he grew up northwax jew in you know brooklyn but his experience was way different than mine and hearing people's experience i'm like wow i i understand how some people could filter sort of filter away from judaism over time if that's their one experience Mm -hmm. learning this and not wanting to put their kids through that
3: well, part of why I got into this field was because I loved my bat mitzvah. I was like one of those nerds who was like, oh, my goodness, the cantor's coming to class. I can't wait to sing ashray. <laughs> like, you know, it was totally. I was just up Became nerds. Yeah, right. <laughs> total nerd. Yeah. Um, but my bat mitzvah experience for me was so powerful. Just something about having the honor of reading from the Torah and realizing that as a 12-year-old was just so powerful for me. And so I wanted to make that experience it's not going to be as powerful. I can imagine I everyone wants to be a rabbi, but meaningful for kids who are 12 and 13 years old, because honestly, it's lost on them. And so I know it's going to be about the party, I know it's going to be about the trip to Israel, whatever it is, but let's make it a little bit more about this experience for them and reconnecting them to Judaism in a way that speaks to them, which I think also happens through the curriculum at Shalom Learning, in a way that they can say, OK, I learned this in my Torah portion. I can apply this when I'm on the soccer field. I can apply this when I see a kid getting bullied at school. Not the kind of Judaism that's like, I learned about skin, di- skin disease in Leviticus, and I can't really apply this to my life. So how can we make it relevant?
1: That's incredible. Yeah. I think I remember the most impactful part of my Mitzvah years were the two tutors that I had. It was these two sisters, so it makes me laugh that you and your sister started this program together. Mm -hmm. But they were two sisters that were like family friends of ours that were teaching different Hebrew school classes, and they're the only reason I knew my half Torah and Torah portions, not because (laughs) of the rabbi that I worked with, but they were the reason I had a really amazing experience. But the rabbi terrified me, and I would like go (laughs) into it like those weekly meetings, like prepared to get yelled at that I didn't know it well enough. Like it was this funny complex of
3: That's actually interesting that you say that because part of what we do at both of our organizations is a lot of teacher development and professional development. And so it really is all about the teacher. You can have a great curriculum, Mm -hmm. but if you don't have a good teacher, someone that's really dynamic and engages with the students, it's going to be lost. So um, both of us do a lot of that type of development. And
2: that's a, a major focus for us as well is professional development. It's one of our core pillars that we have, and it's really something that we found isn't there's really not that much professional development for for synagogue teachers who mostly are teaching part time, some are full time um, to really to really give them more resources and so. Like I said, we have these webinars for them that happen a few times a year, and we bring uh, at, at least a couple of representatives from every partnership together for a big conference every August before we start the year, which is really also just nice uh, community building and you know a great opportunity for them to connect. And so that's something we we really believe strongly and and haven't seen that much out there. So we're happy that we're doing that. That's wonderful because I think that.
1: Can make a break an experience no matter what the curriculum is if you don't have an educator who can right follow through and make it impactful right yeah it so <laughs> yeah. um
0: i would say so you know uh, part of jewish boston's main audience is uh you know parents with young children so i would you know i would hope that already having listened to this they would understand its value and want to talk to you when it's time but if you had to give them like your the elevator pitch Mm-hmm. to you know maybe parents who have kids who are maybe like you know 6 to you know 6 to 10 and deciding how their Jewish learning is going to go like what what would you tell them
2: Okay I'll start <laughs> So I would say number 1 if they are connected to a synagogue or thinking of being connected to a synagogue and are intrigued by what we've mentioned ask the synagogue what is part what's in their curriculum and really do some research when they're figuring out where they want their child to go learn and if they want to mention us that would be amazing say you know I've heard of this great program and have you heard of Shalom Learning because they're working with synagogues they sounded really interesting but I would say really do research when you're thinking about it and then if there is a family who for whatever reason is choosing not to connect with with a synagogue we're also happy to speak with them and provide a learning opportunity for them as well. Yeah to to
3: go off of that I think that for us at Online Jewish Learning it's really about what type of Judaism works for you how can we make Judaism work for you in a way that still you know holds firm to the tradition how can we meet you where you are and not make you miss soccer practice because you're Jewish um, and all of your friends are going so how can we fit Judaism into your life in a very meaningful way and that's you know that's what we want to do and we want to work with families to do it and synagogues to do it
0: So many sports I couldn't go to because I had to go to Hebrew (laughs) school, which is fine because I was a chubby kid. I wasn't going to play anyway. I was a chubby kid, too. It's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we're both nerds. Right. right. (laughs) Nerds. And Um, look at us now on a podcast. (laughs) Suck it. I'll I'll add that part (laughs) out. No, I won't. That's dang. Dang. Do you have anything else?
1: No, but thank you both for being here and joining us. Both of your programs sound incredible and... If I could go back 20 years and restart my (laughs) Jewish education, I totally would. Um, But I still made it. I work in the Jewish world. I've done it. (laughs) We also
2: work with adults. (laughs) right? (laughs) Online Jewish learning works with adults. We do. There we go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But again, just thank you both so much. Um, I loved hearing about both of your programs and can't wait to see more of what you do and how things change over time to keep adapting. Thanks for
2: speaking. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Quick question, which I will edit, uh, put before the outro we just had. Are you are either one of you looking for like teachers who maybe not currently teaching to get involved? Like, is that, is that something you guys need? Yes. All right. So the answer is yes. So yes,
3: we need, we need wonderful, passionate Jewish educators to join our team at online Jewish learning.
2: And 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 Shalom learning um, depends on the time of year, but I'm always happy to speak to somebody.
0: Excellent. All right.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Yes. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that incredibly nerdy conversation we had with Rabbi Daniel Eskow and Liana Mitman about Jewish education and our own uh, histories with our own Jewish education and, uh, you know, all the different options out there for families. I want to thank Sean Fogel for our amazing music. I want to thank CJP Young Adult Team and Jewish Boston for letting us do this. If you, if you want to know more about Shalom Learning, you can go to their website at shalomlearning.org and we'll have some information for you in the comments. And of course... Please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, like us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, spread the love, share it on Facebook. That'll how more people are going to find us and make it, you know, to make this all worthwhile. And with that, I hope your uh, 2017, that is coming soon, will be full of happiness. Bye, everybody.